did have a lot of parents that are so delighted that their children are actually attending school um, and that they feel that they can't complain uh, because of the fact that their child is either being dropped off or more often not, depending on the school that they go to, and they're being picked up and dropped home, uh, but will question why their child is so agitated or so frustrated when they actually do come home. Uh, Because a lot of these children would not be able to verbalise what's happening, um, and some of them would possibly think that it is normal, um, but um, it's, it, there's such a, a wide uh, mix that you have children that can be quite aggressive um, with depending on their disability, but you have other children that might be very quiet and very much into themselves and they're watching what is happening in a classroom um, and they can also get quite distressed over it. Well, can I ask um, you then, and I mean, what, how, how should sta- a staff in a school handle this? I, you know, when I read about this, I was wondering how can situations like a child being locked in a room or dragged across the school floor or being physically held against their will happen? Yeah. You know, as you say, some, some ch- children can be aggressive, not that that should not naturally lead to this kind of reaction, but should school staff be given better training on how to deal uh, with uh, disabled children in the, in this situation, particularly maybe those who are, have more aggressive tendencies? Yes, um, that is. I think that's one of the biggest issues that um, schools have is the fact that there's very little training um, given to both the teachers um, and the SNAs, um, the teachers uh, are fully qualified, they come out of college um, and they have their degrees, they have their masters in teaching, but there wouldn't be a huge amount of emphasis put on the, um, the special needs element. They might be taught on different curriculum, but not on the actual behaviours of children. Uh, SNAs are the same. They have a qualification, um, but their their main objective to, in schools are care needs of of the child. When it comes to behaviour, unfortunately, uh, there is no training as such. Um, and even when it comes to putting policies in school. Um, Unfortunately, there isn't a huge amount of advice um, that can be given and there's a lot of areas that people are very, um, I would say, scared to be able to put down in writing because there is certain things that might need to be done to support a child that might have um, outbursts that might, you know, have violent tendencies. I wonder as well, and you know, you know, you mentioned the parents earlier on. Are there parents who 
maybe they didn't realise it when their children start at a school but if things like this are happening to their child they, they it, it, it does become apparent that maybe some of the staff aren't uh, fully trained in dealing with them but that the parents are in a Nvidia's position, they, they, you know, in this survey, some of the parents mentioned feeling powerless and fearing retribution, and perhaps even the removal of vital supports that they have had to fight long and hard for. If they were to make an issue of what's happening, now maybe that's not actually what would happen if they did that, but there is just that fear there that they've battled so long to get their child the supports and, and a place that if they raise their head above the parapet, that'll be the end of it. Absolutely, and and I think Alan, we all know that parents from the for, from a very young age of when their children are diagnosed it is a fight there there's a constant um you know battle out there for services um and then you get to use the school age side of things and they, they again you want your you every child has a right to an education and then you have to figure out which school you want them to go to and there's a battle then to get them into the school because there might not be places, some schools won't accept children with uh, various disabilities, parents have an option of putting them into into mainstream primary school, mainstream secondary school but again it depends on the school and it depends on whether the needs are there but unfortunately the support that are needed in schools are coming from the HC. It's the speech and language, the occupational therapy and the physical physiotherapy. They are not being provided enough within the schools to support the teachers and to support the SNAs because they are they they are the professionals that will actually put resources in place to support these children. And um, and they are the they are the people that should have been supporting them from the, the day they were diagnosed. But as as children get older, these services are reduced and the lack of support uh, within the home, then there's a lack of support within the school. So, Do you think, should, should, should schools invo- involve parents in some way, Anne, in decisions related to their child or children and in, in decisions related to the management of behavioural issues if they are faced with issues such as restraint or seclusion? Absolutely. Look, at a, a parent should be involved in every decision that's made around their, their child uh, because at the end of the day, a parent does know best. They're the ones that are with them 24-7. They are, they are the ones that know um, when they can see that there's a mood change or that there is something that is irritating them. Um, And, you know, one of the stories that I read was that um, their ear, uh, their hands were around their ears. And we know that a lot of children that have autism uh, need to have reduced uh, noise uh, levels. A lot of them wear earmuffs now. But to take, to, to aggressively pull their hands from their ears uh, is something that even, like, I would know that is something you do not do because the noise sensitivity could drive them um, completely uh, insane because they cannot hear, the, they cannot deal with the noise. 
Um, and what really annoyed me was reading again was the sensory rooms are a great asset to schools. They're there to help. Um, they can stimulate or they can reduce uh, the the anxiety that a child has. But if they're being used as a room for um, kind of being sanctioned for being bold, then the purpose of the sensory room is not is not what it's being used for. Yeah. So when a child is being brought into a sensory room, they see it as for the wrong reason. Um, and then it's not going to have any benefit to the child. Um, but I, I really do believe that schools need support. There is no question there. They need to be given guidelines around how to deal with children that can be aggressive and that have a disability. We have to remember that these children have disabilities. They they need the support and the Department of Education and the Health Service need to join together and put a proper resource in place so that the teachers and the SNAs know what they're doing, but they're also safe. And that's, that's the key to it as well. Um, and you, me- you mentioned that you've had parents come to you, um, you know, over issues uh, like some of the ones that we have mentioned that are mentioned in the survey. Uh, yeah. yeah like, what, what advice or what support or assistance can you give them in, in those situations if, if a parent in Clare is coming to you saying that their disabled child has uh, been restrained in school or is facing seclusion? Yeah, well, the the first thing I would always recommend is that they actually go and make an appointment with the principal um, and that they, they sit down and speak to the principal and find out exactly what is happening, um, what type of a, a, a classroom situation that they're in and who is uh, within that classroom. There could be... Um, too, too many children within one classroom that could be aggravating the other children and, and that could set an individual off. But there, it's so important that the communication is there. Then you also have to get uh, an outside body in case like an occupational therapist um, or an educational psychologist. These these people need to be in place within schools and um, to, to support the school. Sometimes the schools feel that uh, they, they're not being given enough support uh, and then they end up not knowing how to deal with things and um, how not uh, to do things properly. So I think if the, what I would always do is advise them that they need to speak to the principal um, and find out and put in proper resources so that the child feels safe within the school environment and that if they do need um, you know, time breaks that they need to be structured uh, around the child and not around the classroom um, because that, that can also help but there is ways and means of working with the children to 
settle them down. Every every child has uh, something that will calm them down, whether mm. it's a pillow, whether it's a, a heavy blanket. But they need they need to know the child individually, okay. uh, and unfortunately, that now can be an issue when there's so many different children within a school um, with so many different needs. Um, unfortunately, teachers and SNAs don't have the time um, and the structure of SNAs is being changed again now uh, this coming September and uh, nobody knows what's going to happen because there is a lack of support in schools for children with and maybe just following on for that and just before I let you go and I just want to get your thoughts on uh, this change by uh, the Department of Education has made to the allocation of additional teacher supports from next year uh, the Mount Shannon Fianna Fáil Centre Timmy Dooley uh, amongst those expressing concerns over these mm. these could supposedly erode special education teaching hours uh, what are your thoughts on that and the, the potential impact it could have? Uh, well uh, first and foremost Alan there's been so many changes over the years and um, I, I have found all of these changes are actually doing more damage. Um, I, I'd love for the minister to come and actually spend time in a school and realise that they don't have enough resources uh, or support in schools and um, reducing numbers is not going to benefit anybody. Um, you know, there's a huge amount of uh, young people out there that would have a lot more opportunity within school if they had more resources to support them. Um, but unfortunately, we seem to be um, constantly battling to try and get support to put in. Uh, and unfortunately, they're doing a disservice to um, the, the children that need an education. They're putting more pressure on schools. Um, and you, what you end up doing is you have parents that are constantly, um, you know, knocking on the principal's door, looking for resources that they should be entitled to, uh, rather than the department putting the resources in, giving these children an opportunity to get a proper education um, and giving the resources to the school. But instead, they change them every few years and all they're doing is reducing the support that are going into school and as I said earlier all children have a right to an education and if the Department of Education do not put the resources in place an awful lot of children are falling through uh, the cracks.